Welcome to Walking with Spirit with Dr. Ruth Anderson on the International Angels Network and Enlightened World Network. I'm your host, Ruth Anderson, and I'm coming to you from Colorado. This show has been pre-recorded, so we won't be able to take any calls from listeners. Here at International Angels Network, we explore spirituality, angels, spirit guides, our loved ones on the other side, and much more. Our radio podcasts are available to you on Pocket Cast, Pinterest, Player FM, Podchaser, and now Overcast Radio. Listen to us on Alexa and Echo Amazon devices or download the TuneIn app. These are all easy sites to use and make it very easy to listen to our archive shows. Tonight, I am so excited to bring you week four of the Reiki mini session with our guest, my friend and fellow lightworker, Cynthia Scott. This episode of International Angels Network is sponsored by Holistic Light Rejuvenation Center. For more information, visit holisticrejuvenate.com. Sunday Sturgeon is the founder and CEO of Holistic Light Rejuvenation Center and is a host on International Angels Network. We are pleased to announce that International Angels Network is also sponsored by Audible by Amazon. If you go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash International Angels Network, you can get a free audiobook. So please check that out today. I would like to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedules to listen in. This show is called Walking with Spirit. Walking with Spirit means consciously living in the physical realm with frequent connection to the divinity in the spirit realm and being open to all that they want me to experience. Every day I check in with my guides, Divine Mother and God, sometimes seeking guidance, sometimes seeking connection, and sometimes seeking their healing abilities. Many days I receive lessons by hearing, seeing, or feeling signs coming in from the energetic realm. I never know what my day is going to look like or what the next learning might be. Each week, I share a story about an experience I had while walking with spirit. I was asked to lead a meditation for an international association of near-death studies conference. About 12 participants showed up at the early morning get-together. I invited the spiritual divinity into the room and held space while everyone sat in a circle and started meditating. I noticed the archangels moved to the outside of the group. Divine Mother, Archangels Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael stood behind the participants, spread evenly around the circle. Soon after that, about 20 angels that were lesser in stature joined in and created a ring around the archangels. A handful of childlike angels called sprites joined into the outer band of angels. In spirit, the participants and I all held our arms up to the creator and rays of light shone upward to the heavens from each person. The archangels and angels held their arms up to God as well. Their light rays emanating from them joined with our light rays, creating one larger beam of light reaching up to the heavens. I mentioned the strength in people coming together to meditate or pray. 
We sat and basked in the energy of praise and connection for a few minutes. The archangels then turned the energy inward to provide healing and connection to those participants in the room. Again, we sat silent and basked in the healing energy. I heard faint angelic music and mentioned it to the group. Pink angelic flowers appeared at our feet. I announced them and questioned what they symbolized. I heard it was in appreciation and gratitude for the light that each participant shared with the divinity and would then be able to share with others. I was presented with a basket of golden flowers and was instructed to stand in front of each person, one at a time, and hand them a flower. As I did that, if they were comfortable to do so, they were to say their full name out loud. The angels would then share that name with the Creator. This was to signify each participant's willingness to be seen and acknowledged in the spirit realm and would provide name or spirit recognition for subsequent meditations. I made my way around the group members slowly, first asking each one for a name, handing out a golden flower, and watching as an angel listened to the name and flew upward and relayed the name out loud to the Creator. As I slowly worked my way around the circle, this gesture of each person putting their name out to be acknowledged and recognized by the spiritual divinity felt to me like a profound moment for each of them as a spiritual being. After each person's name was told to the Creator, the name of an archangel or Divine Mother was said to me, and I shared that with the recipient. Participants were encouraged to connect with this spiritual being at a later time in meditation. I was told to give the group time for each person to seek a private connection with their guide, so I asked each one to call in that guide by name and sit with their energy for a few minutes. Then, collectively, with the angels, we, sat, we sent another vast column of light to the Creator. This column of light seemed stronger, brighter, and wider than, pre than previously. After a few minutes, the archangels and angels laid hands on the circle of participants in a gesture of blessing. I was then directed to walk the group through healing of the planet Earth. We symbolically and energetically put the Mother Earth in the middle of us in the circle. The angels and archangels, still encircling us, joined us in our efforts, and together we focused our energy and turned our rays of light coming through our arms and hands to Mother Earth, nature, and lastly, humanity, asking for healing, nurturance, love, light peace, and respite. Lastly, we expressed gratitude to the angels, archangels, divine mother, and the heavenly creator. After the meditation, several of the participants shared their experiences. One of the women experienced smelling a strong scent of rose and a second watched as large vats of silver metallic light were poured on us as a group. 
Another participant, Tiffany, mentioned that she had heard an angelic band and saw a man in a black suit come into the room and sit at a back table and observe. I asked if the gentleman was in spirit or in body. She answered that he was in spirit. I quickly asked Archangel Michael if the spirit in black was evil. No. I didn't think so, as I had felt only higher vibrational energies throughout the meditation. Was he of the good? Yes. Was this visit somehow crucial to my future work? Yes. So thank you for listening. I am an author and a spiritual counselor, providing individualized transformational experiences for my clients using Holy Fire Reiki, energy work, and connection with the spiritual divinity, including the Divine Mother, Archangels Michael, Gabrielle, and Raphael. I just launched a new book that came out on Amazon in August, Walking with Spirit, Divine Illuminations on Life, Death, and Beyond, shares so many lessons that I have learned this past year and a half, including what happens when we die, how you can connect to the spiritual divinity, and what the spirit realm can teach us about the physical realm we live in. It is available in Kindle now and will be coming out in paperback soon. So please be looking for that on Amazon. So let's get started with our featured guest tonight, Spotlight on Lightworker Cynthia Stott. The topic of her show is Using Reiki to Fulfill the Calling of Your Heart. I would like to tell you about Cynthia Stott, our guest this evening. I met Cynthia three short months ago, but I have learned that three months in spirit's time can encompass what feels like a lifetime. Spirit gave Cynthia and me the gift of recognizing each other's light and devotion to serving spirit once we were introduced. We immediately knew that our coming together was to serve humanity and the planet in a much larger context. As that is all discovered, I promise to share that with the International Angels Network listeners. Cynthia Scott is an international speaker coach, global visibility influencer, and best-selling author. She works with lightworkers, entrepreneurs, and others with a calling laid on their hearts to call forth their message and share it with the world through speaking, creating programs, and social media. Spirituality and connection to the divine are her deepest values and how she has grown her business and global reach to over 30,000 followers in more than 140 countries. She believes that no matter how much you want to create your business from your passion work, your only true obstacles are within you. Without the inner work, the outer work, such as websites, social media, and marketing copy just won't happen, or at least not smoothly. She uses her expertise as a Reiki master, Theta healing practitioner, brain education instructor, and connection with archangels and other healing guides and guardians to empower her clients to tap into the deep messages from their soul to connect with and serve their people and make money in their sleep. And honestly, folks, who doesn't want to do that? Cynthia believes that your people are waiting for you. In fact, they are probably praying for someone 
just like you. So welcome, Cynthia Scott, Scott, and thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Ruth. I'm just, I'm so honored and thrilled to be here, and I loved your opening share, your story. That was just so amazing. Well, thank you, Cynthia. So, Cynthia, tell us a little bit about you. I know, obviously, that you're an intuitive. How do you receive information? Do you hear it, see it, sense it? All of the above, actually. I'm one that I'm clairaudient, clairsentient. I I receive information in many different ways. I'm not just one one wave channel. But I think that comes from my work and what I'm, I'm here to do because I'm here to connect globally. And so just one method might not be as effective. Okay, and we're going to get into that global reach in a few minutes, but um, we're we're going to start talking about Reiki. How did you first learn about Reiki, and what drew you to wanting to learn more about it? Well, um, it was actually I was I had learned another method of energy work, and a form of that I learned through that group. I learned. Um, forms of energy healing, also a yoga form and a martial art form. And I was demonstrating that martial art form, which is a healing martial art, actually when I was at the Better Reserve. We had a, um, we always had a week of caring where we were raising money for United Way. And we were doing what was called Fed Idol. And I had never heard of the the TV show American Idol, and so I didn't hmm. know sort of the negative Simon character that was on there. I had no oh, idea sure. what I was stepping into. I thought it was just like a talent talent show. And what happened was the first act was my coworkers. One was on a piano, one was singing, and the Simon character, the person that played the Simon character, started loudly snoring. And it was and was obnoxious. And I was like, whoa, what is going on here? And then I looked at the agenda and I was following a juggler. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> and I started complaining to God, <laughs> saying, I don't think this is the right venue for me. I don't think that I'm in the right place at the right time. And God asked me a question. He said, Well, what do you want? And I said, well, I want a world of peace and love and harmony. And I want the people in the room to enjoy this performance, this healing art performance. And God said, well, and you can have that. And he suggested that before I do my demonstration, that I take the microphone and I change the energy with my voice that I just shift it by sharing how this is a healing martial art and allow my voice to soothe and change the energy. Then I put down the mic, I did my demonstration, and the Simon character, oh my goodness, he starts shouting out, I feel it, I feel it, I feel the love. And it, and it was just, it had changed. And my boss's 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 boss, who reported to our president, which now has been the um, chairman of the Federal Reserve, uh, Janet Yellen, she said, oh my gosh, this is fabulous. I want to learn it too. <laughs> so 
Wow, nice. Everything. And the whole room, whenever I asked people about their experience, they all said, you know, I felt like I went to the spa. So I guess peace and enjoyment equals spa. (laughs) Oh, there we go. And that was beautiful and wonderful. But here's the thing. I got sick for like three weeks after that. Wow. Because what had happened is I had opened my aura space so much and they felt, truly felt my love and my, and my energy coming out to them. But I got what I call spiritual backwash. And I got all of their crud from oh. their energy space. And I realized, oh my gosh, I need to learn protection, like really good protection. So and really that fast. Can, <laughs> and, and fast soon, yeah. Yes. yes. And, and that I could open myself like this, but not be subjected to that spiritual backwash. And you're right, I wanted to learn it fast. And my vision was to one day hold training sessions, actually open a corporate retreat center on the big island of Hawaii and bring CEOs and top executives to work on their vision for the year that was win-win for them, their employees, their bottom line, and the world. And I knew, wow, if I open myself to all of them, I'm certainly going to get a lot of spiritual backwash. It's not right out there. And so I said, I want to learn Reiki, but I want to learn it not for individual healing because I was a a very powerful individual healer, but I don't do that. Um, I don't do physical healings that often because that's not what I'm meant for. I've always known I'm meant for the masses, so I use it more energetically. And so I knew I didn't want to learn Reiki for that. So I actually sought out, found a teacher. She happened to walk into a room that I was at at Toastmasters. It was so funny. And we connected and boom, it was there. And so I learned from her one-on-one how to do Reiki for protection. And so that I could hold the room with like 300 CEOs and top executives in it. Nice. Nice. So here's a here's an interest interesting question about that. Do you do Reiki on the room and the presentation before it starts, or do you do it during, or both? Both, both. Yeah. And I have other tools as well. I have a metaphysical tool that came to me um, that's especially good on rooms. Um, it's I call it the golden mask of authenticity. And it basically unmasks people so that their truth that's in their heart comes out of their mouth and into the room. And so it works both ways. Both the speakers are more honest and open and vulnerable in that way, but powerful, but also so that the people in the room can open their hearts to the message that's being shared. Nice. Well, and that actually leads me to my next question. I know that you are a talented, intuitive, and energetic healer. How do you use the healing energy of Reiki in conjunction with your other intuitive skills? And you you talked about that a little bit, but I have a feeling you have a lot more to share about that. 
Well, I use, I integrate them all together. The Reiki, the, um, so I had, along with this protection, because I also worked at the Federal Reserve, I was a bank examiner, I was during the time where it was the most difficult time to be a bank examiner and a banker, where, where there was the, um, we were losing a bank a week, it was a very tumultuous wow. time. And, um, yeah, it was very difficult. So I had to use a lot of Reiki protection. And I developed a, a personal protection ritual that I used before speaking, but I also was just on the way to work every day driving. I was perfecting this for like six months. And it's now, and at, there's a kind of a public use part and then there's the Reiki part that I would use and so now the public use part I teach that to my speaker clients so that they can be protected because when you're speaking on a stage there's all sorts of stuff that's flung at you energetically there's your own stuff which this ritual also helps to clear your own stuff and then there's the stuff from the audience there's even like drive-by people if they're angry at someone or people are jealous of you or you speak from your heart and it touches someone and um, causes them to be jealous or angry or anything like that. All of that can come back at you as a speaker. And so I teach my clients to zip up their aura for protection and then to also use this protection ritual. And for those that have Reiki, that know Reiki, I tell them they can also add Reiki at the end to be even more protective. So I, I've integrated it into my whole life and everything that I do from teaching my speaker clients to working on Twitter is all from my heart and soul and using Reiki and my intuition and my connection with God. I actually, I actually laugh and say that God literally whispers hashtags in my ears to say, <laughs> Okay, I believe that to be true, because some of the things that God has been whispering in my ear lately, like business logos and marketing mm -hmm. plans, I know yeah. that what you're saying is true. You know, and when I first, the first interaction that I had with God in this very deep, but, no, I wouldn't say deep. So it's it turns out to be deep, but it seemed mundane things like marketing plans and things like that was actually what conference line system I was supposed to use. Like God really said, use this one, not that one that you're thinking about. And right. I did not know for three weeks why he, he asked me to use that one. And it was three weeks later when we had our my my first free call on Facebook where I was advertising on Facebook and um, I got 50 people from six countries wow. more, and in less than 48 hours. So more than one person an hour were just called into this call. And the, the call-in system, the conference line I was thinking about using could not have handled the international numbers, whereas the one God told me to use could. I completely understand that, Cynthia. It's crazy to me. I used mm -hmm. God was only concerned with things like people starving across the country or, you know, just the mm -hmm. bigger picture 
yeah. concerns, but that's not necessarily true. I have really no. found that God, no, God actually cares about the stuff, the little stuff that matters to us. It's kind of yeah. mind blowing, really. Well, and I actually, so after this happened, after I found it, I went international, I was shocked. I had no idea. I said to God, you know, why do you, why do you care about these little details? You know, I had no idea you even cared. Mm -hmm. And God says, I care because I care about you and your business. And by the way, your business is my business. Mm -hmm. I really think of myself as like the CEO, but God is the chairman of the board. He's the one that gives me the direction and way to go. I just have to figure out how to implement it. And oftentimes it's God that helps me implement it too and brings the right people and the right things and gives me the strength and power and courage to do what I just would not even imagine that I could do. Yes, so I, I'm living that too. I understand that. Yeah. It's and it's a scary place to live because you're like, what? I'm supposed to do what? <laughs> I'm I'm supposed to talk to who? And what am I supposed uh, to yeah, say when I actually get them on the phone? Yes. Exactly. Well, so what happened for me last February was, you know, part of how my social media um, expertise is in Facebook events. And I usually create a Facebook event most times for my Heart to Heart Toastmasters local group. But we were, you know, we were having open house, but we had a ton of people coming. People had invited people. And I was a little nervous that we'd even have enough seats left. And so I just was like, ah, I won't create one this time. So Friday night, a week before the meeting, God says, create a Facebook event. I said, oh, and I argued. <laughs> Complain. Right. <laughs> I don't want to because blah blah blah. And God's like, create a Facebook event. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I did it. I followed. That's Friday night. Monday morning, I get a phone call from the office of the mayor of Oakland. <laughs> and she says, Wow. We want to come and <laughs> we want to come and attend your Toastmasters event on Saturday. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm wow. thinking, oh, this is not going to happen. This is not, and it did. I mean, everything that needed to happen, she needed parking. We need to let the people that there, it's that we use a condo from someone. We need to let them know that the mayor was coming. And we didn't advertise it out because for one thing, I wasn't sure that she'd come. And another thing, we were running low on seats anyway. And wow. she came and it was like, wow. And then she enjoyed the, it was our inspiring speech contest that day and she enjoyed them so much she wanted to come to the next level and so we actually coordinated a proclamation from the uh the office of the mayor for international toastmasters day a proclamation in oakland in april at our division contest and she was busy she couldn't come herself but she was able to send one of her top aides to come and do a ceremony for us and I was, I was just blown out of the water both times it was just like wow and all that because God whispered in my ear make that 
Facebook event. Well, all that because you listened. Well, that too. <laughs> yes. I'm trying not to argue as much, but I usually do argue, and then I try to listen. Um, sometimes, though, unfortunately, the message is very quiet. And my conscious mind bats it away and discounts it before I can really assimilate it and use it. So that's my growing edge is to listen even into those still quiet voice and listen and not bat it away and follow it. Yes, and I have learned, and you probably do the same thing, when I'm in meditation and getting this information from God, I literally write it all down because I won't remember mm. it 10 minutes later. And so right. I write it down and then I've got my to-do list for the day. <laughs> yes. It actually works. <laughs> yes, very good. But much of this information, um, some of it I get in meditation, but much of it I get just while driving. Uh, the one about the Facebook event, I was just sitting in my sister's house. I was house sitting for her while she was away and I got yep. the message. So. Thankfully, it comes, but then, but then my conscious maybe it's easy. I should need to do even more meditation, um, so that I am in that still voice, so that I've stilled my conscious voice, so that it's not batting it away, because it quite often bats things away, and I don't even realize I've been given an option until a, a, a little later, or when I've gone another way, like I'm my. God is trying to warn me that something is amiss. I've forgotten something or whatever, and I just kind of bat it away. So now I'm really trying to consciously, even when I leave the house, I really try to remember every time to ask God, do I have everything I need? And is there anything I am missing? Just to check in. And if I have any, this is where I say that I receive, because I hear messages, I see messages, and I also can feel them. I can just feel Something is amiss. I don't know exactly what it is. And so then I'll, I'll, I'll try and, um, you know, check into that. That's one of the reasons I don't drink much alcohol at all anymore, because that creates a disturbance in my field. I don't get drunk even, but it just mm -hmm. creates a disturbance in the field and it interferes with those small messages that are coming, not small messages, quiet messages that are coming through. And so I want to be fully aware and alert and connected for all of that. And I feel the exact same way. I, I rarely have a drink anymore. And mm -hmm. if I, and I would only ever have one in the first place, but if I have one, I know I'm not getting any in information. I know I'm not getting any messages. Yeah. So it's almost like taking myself offline for an evening yeah. and I think well why would I do that yeah well and I've found that it actually creates a disturbance in, a disturbance in my my force for at least 48 hours wow okay and that was actually shown to me back when I was doing my yoga training I was training individually with my yoga master and I went to my friend's house in North Carolina I live in San Francisco and, you know, we had a couple of drinks on Friday night, a couple of drinks Saturday, a couple of drinks Sunday. Monday night, I had like two glasses of red wine with this delicious steak. And then I flew home. And Wednesday night, so it's 48 hours later, I mean, it was Monday night was the last time I had a drink. 
And I never even got drunk. It was no more than like one or two drinks. Mm -hmm. And on that Wednesday night, we're training. And I said to Master Perk, I said, you haven't had me do any sit-ups yet. And he says, your liver can't handle sit-ups. What did you do? What did you do? (laughs) Wow. 48 hours later. My goodness. Yeah. And, And I have noticed that even if I have like a half a glass beer, if I have a tiny, like a shot size of, of beer, that doesn't seem to bother me um, as much. But like anything else, like for 48 hours, there's always just some sort of like disturbance in the force and, and, and a lack of, um, of connection. It's like I've got static going on. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, yeah, interesting. That. So the topic of your show today mm-hmm. is using Reiki to fulfill the calling of your heart. What mm. do you want our listeners to know about that particular topic? Well, I believe that Reiki is a form of protection, which is very important when you're doing your spiritual work because we are fighting a spiritual battle of sort of dark forces and light forces. And as a light worker, (laughs) you become like a moth, you know, like a light that the moth to the flame comes. So like the dark forces see you very clearly and come to you and can disturb you with, but when you can use Reiki as a protection, and this is actually in my personal protection ritual, you can actually become visible only to the highest of forces. So literally, the dark forces cannot see you. So that is very intriguing. How would our listeners get that information from you, the protection program that you have? Well, the protection program is a part, it's a, it's, it's, it's a part of my um, speaker program. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, or the quantum light matrix. It's a part of the quantum light matrix. That's in the personal protection ritual part. So that actually, if you are really wanting to make yourself invisible to the dark forces and really connect your heart and soul to your ordinary self so that you can hear more clearly then my quantum light matrix program would be probably something that would work best for you. And I combine that with my future gazing, which is a one-on-one program where you can, um, you and I are on the phone and I actually help you to follow the thread of your passion because sometimes our passion work is so hidden behind, I can't make money at that. It's not a good thing. It's, you know, my, my, my father doesn't want me to do that. You know, all these things that cover our true passion work. And I help you to uncover it and then actually see what's possible for you. Like many of my speakers have seen themselves on TED stages. I had one client that she actually saw herself making an offer to three or 400 people and it was for $50,000 per person. It was so big, she could barely even utter the word $50,000. (laughs) And she saw it, and then I had her actually pick up, because it's a future gazing, and she's actually in her future, 
pick up her, her offer sheet and read off what she was offering for that amount of money that her audience was clamoring. They were raising their hands. They were waving their hands. They were so excited to sign up. And I actually said, well, it's obviously not too much to them. <laughs> They're excited wow. to sign up. So it's um, our heart and soul sees things so differently than we see. Just like the mayor of Oakland I was nowhere in my imagination, nowhere in my visioning that the mayor of Oakland would come and visit our actual meeting. I was so shocked. And this is what our heart and soul has for us. I found that the ego is the one that wants to keep us small, but that our heart and soul has big visions for us. And they want us to open up so that we can be more connected with it. And one of the ways we can do that is through using Reiki because it helps us to connect and it also is very protective. And so they can just contact me via email if they would like to find out more about my programs and what might be best to suit them. Okay, and so what is, what is your email address? Now the perfect time for that. Great. So it's programs with an S, P like Paul, R-O-G-R-A-M-S, programs, the at sign, and then my first and last name with no dots or hyphens, Cynthia Stott, that's C-Y-N-T-H-I-A, S like Sam, T like Tom, O, T like Tom, T like Tom, dot com. So programs at Cynthia Stott, dot com. Great. So, Cynthia, speaking of you working with individual clients, which I know you do some, it's not, it's not the bulk of your work. Um, clearly, your work is huge. As I, I see you as like a broadband, as an antenna, as um, mm. someone that really can encircle the globe with your reach. And the beautiful piece of it is that you're doing it. Um, for the spiritual growth individuals on the planet. And I know that that will help the planet as a whole in your work. So I think that that's why God has given you this gift of this energetic synapse that you do around the globe. I've actually never mm. seen anything quite like it before, but, but I think that's why you've been entrusted with that. Um, can you can you give us any examples of stories that you've had from working with clients that the listeners might find intriguing? Um, well, what's, what's laid upon my heart to share is the work that I do to free humans from these dark forces and energies and entities within their own space. And it's really been laid upon my heart that that's so important because like me, myself, I had five strong phobias, including speaking and visibility for almost wow. 40 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of those five phobias, all of them, I've not only overcome them, many of them are my passion, like dancing. I would dance in the dark, in the corner, terrified for anyone to see me. And I'm now actually known internationally for my dancing on stage. <laughs> wow. That's a, that's a big shift, isn't it? 
because and it the, these things I thought that was me. I thought I'm just a fearful person. In fact, my best friend in college called me a wuss. She was like, "Well, you know, you're you're just not a wuss anymore. You know, you used to be a hmm. wuss." And I was. I totally was the most terrified person you ever met. I was terrified of everything. I couldn't even approach the closed window in the Seattle Space Needle. I hugged the wall. I was so terrified of heights. And now I've done a 17-story bungee jump and loved it. Wow. Wow, big change. Yeah. So these things are not actually us. We've been told that they're us, and especially by these things that they're us, because they're along for the ride, especially if you've had any trauma or any time where you've dissociated and had it been coming out of your body, not wanting to be in your body, sexual trauma, especially as a child, then you most likely have these alternate energies and entities that have taken up residence in your physical space. And they need, how I work with them and you, also during these future gazing sessions, very often, we will come upon um, entities or energies that just don't belong in the space. In fact, I was shining the light on someone and she goes, oh, I have this uncomfortable feeling on my right temple. And so I shone the light there and then she goes, oh, now it's on the left. Oh, here it is. And it moved all around. I go, okay, <laughs> we've got an entity here. <laughs> I just asked the entity, okay, what, what do you want to do? And she's like, I want out. I want out. <laughs> right. I don't want right. to here anymore. I said, okay, how would you like to go? And it, it told me how it wanted to go, and there we go. So I, I do it in a win-win way and, and reincorporate it back into the light back, and even bring guides and guardians to come and support it. Like sometimes they ask for a chariot, one asks for a chariot, and then a whole load fills up. It was like a BART train. that were like these trapped souls. And so many of us light workers have those in our space and we might often wonder, why did I act that way? I, it's not like me to act this way. And it's because the entity actually takes over the person and has them do actions that they don't want to be doing, but they think it's their own action. And then the ordinary person tries to justify it. It's just really interesting how, how they take over. And especially around selling your program. It's amazing what happens to light workers when they try to sell their programs. These dark entities and, and, and energies take over and sabotage them. And do you have a bigger picture reason why you think that is? Because well, I do, like I if said, you don't. <laughs> oh, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear your bigger picture. But I think it's just, it's a holy war. And it's, it's like a virus that us humans need to be purged of so that we can go to our next level, individually and collectively. But that's my bigger picture of it. And the more that we free ourselves, from those dark energies and entities. Like when I work with an individual client and remove one and, and send it back to the light, I believe that that really helps the planet and all of humanity at the same time. 
Yes, and I I fully see that. And I think there's another arching, overarching reason why light workers get a little stymied when it comes time to putting their work out into the world. I believe mm. that lower level energies want light workers to be isolated and distracted yes. Yes. from doing their work. Yep. And one perfect way to do that is to get in their heads and tell them that they're not worthy, tell them that their skills aren't legitimate, um, let them know that nobody wants to hear what they have to say and just completely mess with their self-esteem and how mm -hmm. they view themselves mm -hmm. and what they bring to the world. So I so appreciate the work that you're doing to help individual light workers get through that and mm -hmm. let their light shine. And it's even more than that around the money because they know that money is energy and power and that if they really harness the power of, I, I call it turning blood money into love money, that there'll be no stopping them and that they will have a worldwide reach. And they really don't want us to make money for that reason. And I, I actually had a client that a quote a part of her it wasn't her it was it was it's an outside entity that's within her said you're not supposed to make money it's it's evil it's bad blah 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 you'll god will cast you out if you don't if you make money and i said okay let's talk with god and so i literally brought her to the seventh heaven and to the foot of god and asked god mm -hmm. so do you think it's bad for her to make money? And God said, no, I want her to make money, lots of money. And me being me, I said, how much? And he said, $25,000 a month, $25,000 wow. a month. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that, of course, that kind of money is not for personal use. You know, we don't need, right. as, a, as right. an individual, we don't need that much money. But right. we do need it for our work. Our work is mm -hmm. like, like, a, like a brilliant child that needs a Harvard education. You know, it takes money to bring our work out there, to, to, have, to work with coaches, to work with um, different, you know, bringing it out into social media, getting people to That's manage right. your, your websites and all that. It takes money to do that. And That's I right. believe that this person is actually going to have a commercial TV show, not just an <laughs> internet TV show. I think she'll have that too, but I believe she will have a commercial TV show. And she has so many demons preventing her from this, that it's, it's interesting how, um, just it, they commandeer her all the time and she's been working with me but part of it is that light workers they don't want to think that something is possessing them or or in their space they think that's bad and they're evil if that that only happens to evil people but it's not true it is right. not true in many ways it's happening because you are a light worker it's that light that attracts the moths and they've got all up into your system and they've clouded your light. And it's time to extricate them and to reincorporate them back into the light so that you can do your light purely as who you really are instead of this person that is not you. 
this weak person that is like passive, aggressive, even like, oh, I don't want to do this. No, you are powerful beyond belief. If you are a light worker and if you have been called to this, this calling that's been laid upon your heart, you actually have hundreds, if not thousands, even millions of people that are on the other side, like the opposite coin, who are calling to you, who are praying for you, for someone like you that can support them in the way that they need to be supported. And by you dimming your light, allowing this darkness to be in your space, instead of clearing it out so that you can shine your light you are actually aiding and abetting the darkness. Right. And it is time for you to be light. Yeah. It's time for us to really stand in our power and not rob the world of the gift that we are. Because God didn't just give us gifts. We are God's gift to the world because of what we have, our gifts, our talents, our experiences. And if we don't share that, we're robbing the world of it and robbing ourselves. Well, and an important piece of that, too, is that each of us stand in our own light and truth. And the gifts that you bring to the world are different than the gifts that I bring to the world, which are different than the gifts that this other person brings to the world. And the world needs all of those gifts. Not yes. just Cynthia's and Ruth's. We need everybody right. else's too. Absolutely. Even if you're a photographer and there's thousands, millions of photographers in the world, but God gave you that gift in your specific way, like a thumbprint. That's your, to me, it's your thumbprint message. It's your thumbprint gift. And no one else can do that. So really, truly, you have no competition when you are doing your heart's calling. Yes. And I love, love, love that phrase. And I do believe that that's so true. Yeah. So Cynthia, we have four minutes left and this is going to, this is going to be a test for you (laughs) because I'm going to ask you what in four minutes or less, Cynthia, what is your biggest vision and soul mission? To change, to facilitate the, the, the shifting and changing of human consciousness globally. So that by July, the end of July 2020, I believe with my whole heart that the average person, average person, not the spiritual teacher, not the journeyer, the average person will literally be double the consciousness of Jesus or Buddha when they walked this earth. And I believe that I will see that by the end of July, 2020. And this was shown and shared with you in what manner? Well, it was told and actually in a song (laughs) that promises made long ago have been completed and that this will happen. And that that is locked and loaded no matter what. But then I was offered another level. And that is that children will no longer understand hatred or shame. 
And with that will become the dissolution of poverty because I have degrees in statistics and and economics. And I know that poverty is not an economic condition. It's a distribution uh, condition and it's brought on by our minds. And for that to happen, the average person needs to be nearly three times the, the consciousness of Jesus or Buddha when they walk this earth. And that's a possibility, but has not been told to me that it will actually happen in my lifetime. And so that's what I'm working toward. Okay. And if anybody wants to learn more about your vision, your mission, I see that your website is CynthiaStott.com. Mm-hmm. Is that where they could, where listeners could find out more information about you and your programs? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Although it's not been updated as much as I would like it to be. So if That's you right. really want to know about this deeper work, because I have not put my deeper work up on my website. I know God has told me I need to do that. It's next on the list, but I have not. And so if you want to know about this deeper work, about the quantum light matrix and the future gazing and all of the protection ritual, please send me an email at programs at CynthiaStott.com and let's have a conversation. Beautiful. Okay. And Cynthia, thank you so very, very much for spending this time today. Cannot tell you how much I appreciate having you in my life and sharing the same vision that that I'm working on. So um, thank you so much, Cynthia. Thank you. So listeners, thank you also for listening in. It is always a pleasure to have you all with us. It is truly my honor to be among the hosts of International Angels Network and Enlightened World Network. And I look forward to walking with spirit and you next week. So good night and God bless.